Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. And so we turn to this episode in the ministry of Jesus, Mark chapter 7. Has anybody ever said to you, setting out on some project, know your priorities, make sure you know what the important things are to be done. Be clear in your mind what the needs are and then go and do them. How easy to say, how difficult sometimes to accomplish that. Jesus, in instructing his disciples when they were sent out on missions, you could read this in Matthew 10 and verses 5 and 6, he said to them, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any of the towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And yet here we have in this story, Jesus apparently contradicting that very instruction. For Tyre is a foreign country. Another well-known occasion we know of Jesus going through Samaria in his encounter with a Samaritan woman. And we know too that he also met with a centurion, a Roman, and We read on in this chapter when Jesus goes into the Decapolis, which again is foreign parts. And no doubt, the man he healed there was not a Jew. So what is going on? Why is Jesus going to Tyre? That's the first question that I have to ask. Now, if you turn into your pew Bibles on the first page, and I've done with this before, I'm always going to turn to the maps. (laughs) Any excuse to look at a map... That inset, the divisions of the land, is very small. You need your glasses. But in that top right, left-hand corner, along the coast of the Mediterranean, you can see, if you turn your Bibles to the side, it says, ascribed to the tribe of Asher, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. That land was allocated to Asher. But if you look in the maps, down below, that land is clearly seen in the map that says Israel in the Old Testament is called Phoenicia. And in Palestine in the time of Jesus, you can see where it says Galilee, but it doesn't leave any name where you've got Tyre and then Sidon to the north. But that certainly was not Galilee. That was foreign parts. Why did Jesus leave Galilee and go over the mountains into Tyre. This is not a typically Jewish thing to do. Jews did not go to foreign parts. Admittedly, there were Jews living all over the place, but they had been scattered long time ago, and they'd formed little colonies here and there, and there were Jewish colonies in Tyre, and in Sidon, and in other places. And those Jews often made pilgrimages to Jerusalem. They did travel, but only to go to the temple. You didn't find Jews of Jerusalem, Galilee, going the other way. Just wasn't done. Why? Because they would never mix with the unclean outsiders. They wouldn't risk eating unclean food, cooked in goodness knows what sort of primitive ways that were definitely non-Jewish, never mind all the problems that we still have today of dealing 
with a foreign culture and a foreign language and all the other problems of going abroad. There's an interesting comment in Mark chapter 3 where it describes the beginning of Jesus' ministry and it talks about the crowds who followed him and it says they were not only from Galilee and Judea but also from Idumea, which was to the south of Judea, from the regions across the Jordan, which we can include the Decapolis, but also, it says, from Tyre and Sidon. So somehow they'd already heard about Jesus, and they'd made the pilgrimage, not to Jerusalem, but just to see him. And presumably they were all were Jews, and interested in this new Jewish phenomenon. And elsewhere in the gospel, we have Jesus referring to the unbelief of many around Galilee. And he compares them unfavorably with the inhabitants of Tyre and Sidon. He said, oh, if I'd been there, they would have believed. They would have repented long ago, but not you. So in other words, Jesus was well aware of the people of Tyre and of Sidon. Yet Mark mentions it without comment. It's just as though he'd gone a stroll up the road. Oh, he went to Tyre. It's at least two days' journey of hard walking up from Galilee, up to about a thousand meters, three thousand feet in old money, through the forest, attractive walk through the trees, the Lebanon cedars, and then there'd be a steep descent down to the plain. And you can imagine Jesus and whoever was with him coming through the trees and they're on top of quite a steep slope down and there's the Mediterranean spread out before them. The Jews had no time for the sea. They were an inland people so they must have looked and gazed the blue Mediterranean. And there in the distance was the famed harbour of Tyre with the ships at anchor. Those ships which had sailed the whole of the Mediterranean Phoenicians had gone out to found cities in Carthage, Cadiz in Spain, New Carthage in Spain, Cartagena known as today. They'd been everywhere. The Jews, they stayed at home. This is chalk and cheese. Later we read Jesus went on to Sidon, which would be another day's journey. Then he walks back to Galilee, another two days. Then into the Decapolis, which is at least another day. Then back home. This is some serious hard walking. Puts the three peaks challenge into a... You know, they were always on the go. Jesus, Mark just lets it go as though it was just a stroll down to the shops. It was rather more than that. And Phoenicia, we talk of it as if it was a country, but it was really just a a series of little city-states. Tyre was independent of Sidon. There were great traders. Phoenicia means purple. The great imperial dye, the rich dye, which made the Phoenicians rich. And they also traded in olive oil, in glass, and in pottery. And it's rumored, of course, that the Phoenicians reached Cornwall to trade with the tin from there. But whether that was true or not, we don't really know. And as far as worship's concerned, they probably worshipped the goddess Astarte, sometimes called Diana. There was a well-known temple in Ephesus, of course, but there were other temples elsewhere, and there would have been one 
entire, no doubt. In other words, these people could not be less like Jews if you tried deliberately to put chalk and cheese black and white. They're so, so different. And we read that when Jesus got to Tyre, he enters a house. Now again, we can assume, we're not told, that this was a house of a Jew. As I say, there would be a small colony in Tyre of Jews, and there'd be houses, many of them, which would have a guest room, which was available for pilgrims, for travelers traveling through. So they'd be used to catering for people who were coming down south on their way to Jerusalem. They would have never had a guest before who was traveling north. But obviously, he was welcome there. And it's in that house that this lady bursts in. They're just getting themselves sorted. They're arranging for clean straw for the paliasses, finding a nice convenient corner to make their bed for the night. And in bursts this lady. This lady has a great need. And it's in her desperation that she comes to Jesus. She's willing to cross this great divide. This woman daring to meet with a man. This Phoenician willing to meet with a Jew. The culture, the history of hundreds of years has divided them. But she sees in Jesus her only hope. She's obviously heard about him, no doubt, from these other travelers who'd been down and seen Jesus previously. She's heard about this man who can cure, who can do things and can maybe help her daughter. Who told her that Jesus was here? Who told her that she was in, he was in this house? All we can say is that she's some determined lady. And this, of course, is Mothering Sunday, Mother's Day. And you mothers know There's nothing you wouldn't do for your children. If they're ill, you've got to move heaven and earth to get them well again. You'll go to the doctor, you'll do this, you'll do that. And this woman has a daughter who is ill. Is it some form of mental illness? Is it epilepsy? We don't know. All we know is that the daughter is suffering, mum is suffering too, And she seeks a cure and she sees in Jesus the answer. She believes in this man. Jesus can do what's necessary for her. Such faith, such determination. What a role model. But for her pains, Jesus says some hard words. She has to suffer hearing this. First, he says, let the children eat all they want. For it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. This is uh, hard stuff. Time and place for everything, yes. But where's the compassionate Jesus? A fortnight ago, Mike was sharing with us the story of the lady who touched the hem of his garment. And we learnt about his compassion. Not much compassion in the show here. When he says, in effect... I'm a Jew, I've come for the Jews, I'm not going to worry about the dogs. And dogs is a rude word in any language. It's often excused of Jesus and said, oh, well, the word he uses is the word that you would use for a puppy, a young dog, the domestic pet. 
the house dog, the one that's allowed to wander around the table and pick up the crumbs, not the guard dug out in the kennel, the one that would, you know, is a bit of a brute and you release if you see a stranger and you want to keep the stranger aware. Maybe, possibly, there's a language problem. I mean, what language were they sharing? We're told she's a Greek. Did Jesus know Greek? Well, I assume he knew enough to get by. He wouldn't do working around Galilee. You'd have to know some Greek. Presumably they were conversing in Greek. We don't know how good Jesus' Greek was. Did he realize what he was saying was rude in Greek? We all know the problems of sharing foreign language and not always saying what you really ought to be saying. I've been caught out in France. Um, I was in the garden and I saw a neighbor across the way and I shout out, hello, how rude can you get in France? It's got to be bonjour, nothing else will do. I'll always, who does he think he is? And better, of course, then followed with a handshake. (laughs) The kissing comes later, but that's the way you do it in France. Anything else is very, oh dear, who's he? Uncouth foreigner. But that's the problem with language. You don't always know the nuances and the customs. But surely to call somebody a dog is far from polite in any language. But this is some feisty girl. She gives as good as she gets. She comes back, doesn't she? She picks up this metaphor, dogs, and she runs with it. But even the dogs, she says, get to eat the leftovers, the crumbs from the table, the things the children slyly hand down. If you've ever sat around the table with children as a dog, the dog knows full well it's going to get fed one way or another. She can give as good as she got. And Jesus, well, he cannot fail to respond to her presumption, to respond, yes, to the way in which she takes him on. It hasn't shaken her faith in him. She still believes in him. She still says, yes, you can do something. Love, Jesus realizes, must prevail. And he must have thought to himself so often, you see, he's berated the Pharisees for worrying about the letter of the law and ignoring the spirit. And yet couldn't he be accused of the same here? And so he responds, not just in love, not just in words, but in bringing the healing she so earnestly desires. There's no mention in, Luke, in Mark's account of her faith in him. Matthew has the parallel story, and he deliberately mentions that. He states this quite explicitly. Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Here we have to take it as read, that it was the faith of this lady that resulted in the cure. So is this a fair reading? Did Jesus really change his mind? Well, I for one believe he did. We say that he was fully human. And if he was fully human, that means that his mind was able to react to a strange situation. This was a different position he'd ever found himself in. He'd never been in this same position before in a foreign house, in a foreign country, with a foreign lady approaching him. And it's that change of heart, I think, which gives us some of the background to 
For instance, Jesus' action of cleansing the temple, of going into the court of the Gentiles and clearing it of the market traders, saying, you're only paying lip service, you temple authorities. How can the Gentiles truly worship in this place? It's just like a market hall. It's devoted to trade, not to honoring God. He says, you're only paying lip service to being a light to lighten the Gentiles gives us too an insight into those final words that Jesus, the risen Lord, says to his disciples on the mountain top as recorded at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. Salvation, in other words, is not just for the Jews. Did this one lady change the world? Or is that going too far? But it's an indication, isn't it, of the way in which the ministry of Jesus developed because of the people he met. It was shaped by these such encounters as these. The ministry was shaped by his disciples, by the ladies who financed his ministry, by all those who came to help, asking for help, shaped too by the Pharisees and Sadducees with whom he had so many arguments, but it shaped his ministry, the discussions he had with them. So we come this morning, I believe, to give thanks for this lady, to give thanks for her courage, her determination to be the best mum possible, to do the best for her daughter. And so it's an opportunity on this day of all days to give thanks for those who have done their best for us to give thanks for your mum and what they did for you when they were younger and they're still with you to bless them for what they continue to do today to remember those who nurtured us in the faith who brought us and helped us to reach the point that we are today to give thanks too to God for each other as we together, as a congregation, as a gathering of God's people, we shape the ministry of Jesus as seen in the world today, as seen in Abergavenny. God wants to use each one of us to use you, to use me. And so how we respond is vital to the future so that the love of God in Jesus might be seen in his world today. So let's take this lady, unnamed, otherwise unknown, and take on something of the courage and the faith in Jesus that she had. And let that be an encouragement to us as we seek to live for him in our world today. Amen.